Wizards, welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Irene. Today, instead of eating, some food and vibing, I'm going to do a little extension of my last podcast and expand on the topic of my brother and sister since I talked about them briefly. Let's jump right into it. In October of, I think, 2013, that was when I was in sixth grade, right? My mom told me, an 11-year-old only child, that she was pregnant. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I was upset. I was so mad that I cried and I insisted that she was lying. I remember her laughing at me and telling me that she wasn't lying and that she was going to have a new brother and sister on the way for me soon. But looking back on it, she probably was sad that I wasn't happy about the baby and my crying made her feel terrible. But thank God I accepted the fact that I was gonna have a new sibling by the time we found out my mom was having twins. By that point, I was excited on the inside because being an only child, I never had anyone to play with or to just be with so I was always lonely. On the outside though, I truly kept the act of that I was upset about this whole thing, but eventually I gave in and was excited to meet my new brother and sister. My mom's pregnancy went fairly well up until the 20th week when she started having, you know, cramps and she's going to the doctors and, you know, they were telling her that she was fine until one day she thought that she was going into labor because her cramps were so bad and she was actually having minor contractions. So she really got flown out by a helicopter from St. Luke's to Westchester Medical Center and she stayed there for a week and a half because in New York State, if you go into labor at under 25 weeks, the state of New York is not obligated to save your child. So the nurses were giving her medications to just stop her contractions, stop her labor, and right at the 25th week mark, they stopped all the medications and they sliced her open and they ripped the two out. My mom thinks that the reason she went into an early labor like that is because of an amniocentesis. And what an amniocentesis is, is when they do genetic testing on your child to figure out if it has like any disabilities, any you know defects, and they stick a huge needle into each of the sacs you know, because she had twins, and that kind of makes a small puncture, and when, you know, you're over 35, it's a high-risk pregnancy, and the chance of that little tear closing is high risk, and my mom thinks, and I think, that, like, it never fully sealed properly, and it just, you know, broke over time, and that's why my brother and sister were born really early. On the night that they were, you know, giving her a C-section, I remember a nurse like running out of the room screaming, I forgot the tongs. And this lady went into a drawer and got these huge like jumbo salad tongs. And I guess they were used to <laughs> take out my brother and sister. I have no idea, but that was just so scarring to me. When I saw my siblings, I really was scared for them because they were the size of my then iPhone 6. And they had like blue transparent skin and I really like did not think they were gonna make it they looked like little dolls and they were hooked up to these machines and like just like all the hospital beeping and all the doctors like running around them like it always gave me a lot of anxiety and I was just so scared for them life in the NICU was very hard on me and my parents you know my parents then they worked full-time in the city and after their job, they would come straight to the hospital to visit them for at least four hours every day. They never missed a day. You know, me, I, would, I wouldn't really go every day because, you know, I had school, homework, sports. They would go every single day. They would never miss a day. And that just shows how devoted they are as parents and how much they love them. And I'm just so grateful to have parents like that, you know? My brother and sister 
were born at Westchester Medical Center at 25 weeks. And obviously when you're born that small, you've got to be put on some type of life support. They are put on ventilators, tubes to go everywhere in their body, like you name it. At one point, they got so many ports open in them that they had to start opening ports in their heart and on their feet, you know, to get all the medicine in them because they had basically no blood in them. They were missing so many components of their blood to, you know, make them live. My sister was the strong one in everything. She never really had anything, you know, medically wrong with her in the hospital. Although at one point she did catch MRSA and because of that she had to become isolated. So she got her own room and we would have our own little personal room. But that really upset my mom because they're twins. They're not really supposed to be separated. And she didn't think that it would be good for them to be separated. But they ended up doing okay. My brother did end up contracting a disease called necrotizing enterocolitis and it's impacted his whole life up until now and he's six now. And what necrotizing enterocolitis is, is a bacteria eating away at your intestines and he had a total of four surgeries in which he had barely a 10% chance of living and my mom had to sign so many forms, they had to put him on so many non-FDA approved medication for him to, you know, maybe live through these surgeries. and. Two of the surgeries were to put him in ostomy bag so all of his bile can leave out his body, you know, through his stomach and not, you know, the other way. When he was having these surgeries, there it wasn't real people doing them. It was like little machines doing it because he was so small and tiny. And after the surgeries, they had to give him oxygen and he would always blow up like a balloon. His face would become so swollen and... You know, for a small baby to get swollen like that, it's really not good because it puts pressure on the brain, but he was fine from that. But now, both my brother and my sister, they both have lifelong developmental issues. They, you know, they didn't learn how to walk until they were three. They didn't learn how to talk until they were three. They didn't eat, like, you know, food food until they were, like, two-ish. They get state therapies. The state funds everything for them because my mom fights for it. My sister now, she's in a mainstream school because she's, you know, good enough. But my brother still, he goes to a special school in BOCES for kids like him. And doctors refuse to label either of them as, like, autistic or whatever because they were born so small. Like, it doesn't make sense to deem them autistic. They haven't had enough time to, you know, catch up to everyone else's level. So until they do catch up to everyone else, my mom is still gonna fight for the state to pay for all the therapies, all the schooling, all the busing, everything. Because it would be terrible if they just never got anything, you know, handed to them. They literally survived when they were the size of your hand. They deserve at least something, you know? Nothing's ever going to be given to them. My family's hopes and dreams for my brother and sister, Annie Maria and Daniel, is that for them to one day, you know, both go to school together, both go to high school, graduate together, and just to live a happy and healthy life and just be like every other kid and have a good quality of life. Thanks for tuning into my podcast. I'll catch you guys next week.